Hello, I'm the Reverend Dr. Jenny McKay, veterinarian, curate and minister in secular employment, environmentalist, activist and self-confessed cat junkie. But believe it or not, I have never christened someone on horseback. But someone who has been baptised on the back of a horse is my guest, Kate Leaves. So, Kate, just tell us a bit about yourself to begin with. Good evening. I'm Kate. I live in Devon with my husband, John, very near to the Dartmoor National Park, which is absolutely beautiful and a great place for one of my passions of horse riding. I live near Tavistock, so which is a lovely market town, so on the outskirts in a beautiful part of the world. So. Um, I work at my local supermarket as a clothing assistant, which I thoroughly enjoy. And um, yes, so that's a little bit. Um, I'm not going to bore you too much. <laughs> So used to a lovely outdoor countryside environment. Absolutely, yes. It's, it is beautiful. And we're not too far from the coast either. So um, best, is... best of both worlds. Definitely. So Kate, I guess my first question to you is, how did you come to be baptised on horseback? Right. Basically, when in 2015, I had a very spiritual horse riding experience on the beach in the Algarve in Portugal. And it really was so special. When I returned home and was speaking to a church friend of mine and told her about this really life-changing experience she said I sense that's where you connect with God when you're out riding and then when it came to preparing for my adult baptism I suddenly during my preparation I thought ah this is how I need to have it done so I asked my um parish vicar if it would be possible and once you've recovered from the surprise of a more unusual um question um he said if you can arrange it you can have um the most different baptism that you like so with the help of some local friends who've got horses and ponies um the rest is history. So it was decided to be done down in Cornwall on the beach because the ponies um, would be happy in that environment because they like um, going to the beach. And um, it was a beautiful evening in May 2017. And the weather couldn't have been more perfect. And my vicar, Andy, um, blessed some seawater. So it was really, really extra special. And my friend held Tara, the pony who I was riding for health and safety purposes. 
because I needed to take my hat off and see water dripping on her. It was just for all health and safety reasons. Yes. And the ponies were happy to be stood swishing their tails because oh. my friends were there with me. Um, so there were three of us on the beach on horseback with some friends beside us. Sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm sure it that was, your vicar was, it, um, yeah, it I was bet. incredible. Yeah. I bet that the, the vicar had probably never had a question like that before. And I'm just really happy that he was able to do that for you. So the horse wasn't moving around at the time. It was no. still. Yeah. Um, she sort of happily swished her tail and um, because she was in the company of her half-sister and her other um, stable friend, she was really chilled out. So, and at that time of the day, it was quiet on the beach. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it was truly magical. Oh, and very it signs it, happy. signs it. Yeah, it signs absolutely wonderful and and yes I mean you know me the, the reverend vet I am totally totally convinced about the, the natural bond and the spirituality that you can have with animals so it's it's amazing that you're getting a similar sort of feeling with with horses but I do yeah. know that you've also got a bit of experience with um alpacas as well can you tell us a little bit about what happens with um, an alpaca or two? Yeah, um, that came about in January because I was doing some research for a book I'm um, hoping to um, start writing in due course. And I wanted to get do some more research about alpacas because I'd like to weave them into this book. Okay. And... I had a lovely moment where one of them particularly came up and rested his head on my shoulder. And, oh, I was, it was, it was magical. Like with the horses or an, any animal, they just accept you for who you are. They do. They just, you, they sort of tune into you and, it's just a really unique connection because there's no um, Wi-Fi or anything around. It's just that special sort of almost unspoken conversation yeah. Yeah. between you and them. Yeah. And um, they might give you a sort of playful nudge or sort of a conversation um a silent conversation if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely and I think I think they kind of it's almost like a feeling that you have connecting to to God or or your spirituality it's just this unconditional love flowing both ways between you and the animal and then back to you and of course we know that that God is all about love and yeah yeah and they take you for who you are and they don't judge you they sort of 
Um, and that is the nice, it, that is a lovely thing. Um, and being out in the sort of countryside and being at nature, and when you see that sunshine coming down through a gateway, it it's sort of you just feel that um just as a feeling it's uh it's a connection with nature i mean i think yeah. some people say we, we feel spiritual when we go to church but not always of course we can feel very very close to, to no matter to what nature. the weather condition yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> even if you're in your wellies and waterproofs <laughs> It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, no. And you just you just mentioned about um your your book that you're writing at the moment. But of course, I know that you've already had your first book published, and that's called Mischievous Mabel about yes. um it's a cheeky mischievous border terrier puppy. Yes. Oh, she's mischievous. <laughs> so is she based on a real dog that you know yes yeah um she belongs to my friend christina and um i had a message in august 2020 about um her latest antics and i suddenly said oh you'd write a book about her and um the rest is history. And through Christina's anecdotes, I started scribbling and um, wrote and wrote. And then when I was on holiday in Scotland, this story started to take on a life of its own. Oh, amazing. And yeah. <laughs> it was. And so I sort of continued scribbling. And, uh, friend of mine who'd written a book herself she um offered to help me with proofreading mm -hmm. because that is the key thing and um once she felt I was ready she helped me contact her, her publisher who um looked at my manuscript and um said he'd like to he and his team would like to be involved. So Mabel. That's really, really good news, isn't it? So that what you're writing at the moment is the it's the sequel to Mischievous Mabel. I'm sort of on a continuous foraging for ideas at the moment <laughs> because I don't want to um I I found I really loved writing the first book as a sort of switch off project. Okay. So I thought, oh, I was, my goal is to um, write a second one and see what escapades Mabel can get up to next. Yeah. And it sounds as if she might be bumping into a few alpacas as well. <laughs> well, she might um, be getting acquainted with some. <laughs> <laughs> so and some other friends so we shall see what um where her sort of as she grows we shall see what 
um, kind of things she gets up to next. Yeah, this is the beginning, the beginning of uh, a series I can tell here. But as a writer, I'm sure that you get your, your inspiration can come from many different places. And I believe that ironing is a good source of creativity for you. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but that sparked off a lot of um, <laughs> beginnings of missions, shall we say. Um, <laughs> it certainly sparked off the initial idea um, and others of things I've um, done as well. So ironing just seems to... Um, it brings out the, the best of creativity in you, doesn't it, Kit? <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm sure a lot of people wish they could get. <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners um, who don't particularly like ironing will, will hope that they get some inspiration after they, they hear this podcast. But when you're not at home and you're not ironing, I know you like to go for peace and quiet, and I guess that those sorts of places give you inspiration as well. Any special yeah. places in the UK or abroad? That, it's uh, a, a varied yeah. mixture. Um, it's very helpful to catch up with Mabel from time to time. Mm-hmm. Have that time with that little dog, just um, see sort of what she might, um be doing at home what she's sort of um whether she's digging a hole in the garden it's sort of um that time with her um to capture the sort of essence because if I can't picture her doing something it's not going to work so um even at home, just in the garden, it can just sort of suddenly an idea just occurs um, out of, um, I might have listened to something on the radio and thought, oh, I wonder if that would, um, just a random comment about something, oh, I wonder if that might, um, Mabel might do that. So mm-hmm. it can be at the strangest times and places. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you write these ideas down as you get yeah. them? Yes. Yeah. I have to have notebooks everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, much to my um, long-suffering husband's um, <laughs> just before I've turned the light out, I've said, oh, I've had an idea. And it's, oh, <laughs> No, not <laughs> so you get your journal out and you're writing, writing this so idea. I'll try and scribble the bullet points down and then hope, hope that um, I remember it all the next morning <laughs> so I don't um, cause too much of oh, a that's disturbance. Good. That's really good. I know, I know sometimes when I'm thinking of things for the Reverend Beth, it's, it's a bit like that you know, you can be out somewhere or it's just something you see and you think, oh, that would something nice to to do a post on so yeah it's amazing you just don't know what you come across that that will inspire you and it's something you can't plan for I mean I guess you don't necessarily sit down and say right I'm going to write a chapter now no it it has to um come on like a sort of something just has to 
um, spark off in the back of the mind or something sort of, oh, I feel a chapter coming on. Yeah. And um, and I don't, and it can be sort of not in any particular order. It's just mm-hmm. scribbled down as the sort of ideas yeah. flow. Wait, yeah, wait till the inspiration arrives. It is, yes. So... Uh, so you're obviously you're obviously very um interested in in the outdoors, but I do believe you do something indoors, or you've started something indoors, which is Zumba. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, when did you start that, Kate? I started that last February during our second lockdown. Mm-hmm. I saw a an advert on a parish um, Facebook page for zoom um zumba class right oh something i'd like to try (laughs) and um i sort of did um the first one loved it and i've been zumbering ever since and then um once we got once the restrictions lifted and we were to get into the hall okay uh, that was even more of a sort of um exciting vibe beings of in a different environment like that and yeah uh, I've, I've heard some is really really good fun but I've always worried if, that you have to be a good dancer to do it is that right no no you just it's a case of um wanting to learn something new and just enjoying varied music and just having that sense of adventure to give something a go mm-hmm. and not being afraid to sort of think, well, um, as long as I don't um, trip over my own two feet or, <laughs> um, or land in a heap. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't try it, you don't know. No, um, good exercise anyway, isn't it? It is great fun. Again, it's that you time where you switch off, you switch off your phone and you just enjoy that sort of moments of being present and um, focusing on learning new steps. And, um, and also the added bonus is making new friends. Yeah, yes, so absolutely. It's it's a like with the horse riding and everything. It's that sort of trying something, doing something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It's. I, I was speaking to somebody in my last podcast, and she um, she trains dogs to dance. Angela Richards. So mm. I'm presuming there aren't any dogs at the Zumba class. No, no, <laughs> it's just a fun um, group of ladies that we all enjoy um, learning to dance and having a great time. It's just like going to a party once a week and letting your hair down and it sets you up for the week. <laughs> I might might have to give that a try myself. So that, that's something positive then that's really come out of COVID for you, making new friends and, and taking up this new hobby. And I know you've also um, 
had a quest to conquer England's longest and fastest zip wire. That was back in 2018. Yes. I um, rounded up a group of friends from the age of 18 to 80. Wow. Yes. And we flew down um, the England's longest zip wire. And where is that, Kate? It's hang loose and it, you fly over the um, dome, biodomes at the Eden Project. Oh, so you get launched off the tower and you fly wow. whiz over above the treetops <laughs> with the most fantastic view. Um, and just incredible. I think I inherited my late grandmother's, both of their sense of adventure. And um, I have got a love of flying. So um, both um, normal airplane and biplane. Um, so this was a real sort of experience. And I did it, well, we, my friends and I, we did it for our local hospital. Oh, um, that's nice. So it was charity. Yeah, because if I'm going to do something like that, yes. I yes, yes, so a absolutely. And how long did it take to go across this zip wire? Um, probably not that long, but it sort of felt longer because <laughs> you were sort of just um, I was just enjoying every moment. <laughs> Anywhere, yeah, like the um, wind flying through your hair. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it was just um, incredible. Um, so all of us enjoyed it. Um, so it another and, another really great experience. Have you got any other thrilling adventures planned? I would love to do a couple of things in due course. Um, I would love to do in due course a wing walk. That oh. is something. What's being, that? Um, being attached, um, seated on top of a biplane and flying over right. um, the sort of um, local countryside with a bird's eye view. Whoa. Wow. So I think my husband is going to up my life insurance. Policy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> that would be a bit longer than being on the zip wire as well. <laughs> yes. So my gut feeling is, and just with anything, if it feels right, I'll do it. If it doesn't, I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well you never know as you're ironing one day another inspirational idea may may come to you and another challenge so i think um i i always like to sort of have a few sort of projects to sort of mm -hmm. um mull on and see what is doable practically physically yeah um and um yeah Fantastic. So, well, Kate, you're, you're an extremely busy lady. And as I said at the beginning, I have uh, never come across anybody baptised on the back of a horse. I'm very impressed. I just hope that at some point 
somebody will ask me to baptize them on a horse. It sounds a wonderful experience. And I wish you all the best as well in the sequel to your book, Mischievous Mabel. Mabel is already published. It's already available on Amazon, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. So just to clarify, if anyone is interested in getting Kate's book, Mischievous Mabel, it's available on Amazon, but it's under Kate's full name, and that is Catherine J. Leaves. So anybody who's who's interested in finding out about Mischievous Mabel, you, you know where to look. I'm sure she would love people to get their paws in a copy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I look forward to hearing about your next adventure, Kate. Um, and thanks very much for doing the podcast with the Reverend Thank Vet. you very much You're welcome. for speaking to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.